Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. If you want to get in touch with the show, email us at IllegalMotionPodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Illegal underscore Motion. Thanks for downloading. Um, so we have got to. We've got a lot of uh, bowl previews to get through. Early, we're gonna we're gonna just talk real quick about six of them. But um, Josh, I want to throw it to you to just give us a really quick FCS quarterfinal preview. Yeah, uh, the FCS tournament well underway. They are down to their elite eight. Uh, Jacksonville State, number one seed, taking on Charleston Southern. They're the eight. Um, North Dakota State, the def- three-time defending champion, they are third right now, and they get a little bit of a surprise. You and I came in unseated, an at-large team. They knocked off Eastern Illinois and then got a big upset on Portland State. So uh, I know all my friends in the Cedar Falls area and the UNI alums are pretty jazzed by that. Uh, one of the crazier regions, two unseated teams make it, Colgate and Sam Houston, uh, the winner of that game will get to play the Jacksonville State Charleston Southern winner. And then Richmond, who has been pretty dang good all year, they get to take on Illinois State, another team that's ranked number two from that Missouri Valley Football Conference. And the Missouri Valley Football Conference is uh, – it's like the SEC of the FCS, but honestly, it's kind of on uh, steroids – so, um, for instance, like 2014, just last year, uh, number one, number two, number 10, number 12, number 19, and number 22, all from that conference. So that's why you see so many Missouri Valley teams in it, North Dakota, UNI, and Illinois State representing the Valley again. Uh, these games are December 11th and 12th, semifinals on the 18th and 19th, and January 9th, look for it. That's the, uh, that's the granddaddy for the FCS rank. All right. Um, well, then let, let's uh, – thanks for that FCS uh, update. We'll uh, obviously next show be have uh, a little bit more for you guys. We want to hop on and start talking about some of these earlier bowl matchups. They start as early as December 19th. So uh, our first round, we're going to first uh, get into uh, the first bowl of the year, uh, Saturday, uh, December 19th at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast. Um, <laughs> New Mexico Bowl – Will be uh, the Gildan New Mexico Ice Bowl oh, yeah. uh, will be coming to you from Arizona? No, just kidding. Um, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where the University of Arizona plays um, the New Mexico Lobos. Um, you know, Arizona obviously had a, a a lot of high expectations this year with Rich Rod in his uh, third year at uh, the helm of the Wildcat program. So, um, you know, can you know is, is there anything a bowl win? can can do or is this just sort of kind of a throwaway thing for that at, at six and six coach well um I, I don't know i mean it just depends on how you look at it they get some extra practices and i don't know from where they were they're probably not they're probably not excited to be there but who knows um th- th- these kind of bowls are really hard to 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 predict and uh, it's really hard to give like straight answers on December nineteenth polls because you know that these teams, uh, especially the bigger name teams that are in these early bowls, um, they're just there so they don't get fined. Um, but uh, 
you know, you look at Scooby, right? He's their star middle linebacker. Um, they, uh, you know, if he's, if he's healthy for the whole year, it's likely that they're not playing in the Gildan, New Mexico bowl. They might be playing somewhere else. Um, you know, they're, maybe they're just hungry. They just need to, uh, you know, for them, I think the motivating factors, they just need to get back on the wagon. Uh, they need to finish strong for recruiting. They need to, they need to show they're not giving up now that Rich Rod is uh, not going anywhere. He was rumored for the South Carolina job and probably rumored for several other jobs. Now that he's, likely not going anywhere maybe they can uh come on out and and play and and just get this thing rolling and get back on track to where they were when we talked about them in the preseason preview uh for new mexico i think they have absolutely nothing to lose here um you know they're they're looking to to be the pac-12 team and this is this is one right for the taking a team that doesn't care to be there a team that's already beat up uh emotionally and somewhat physically uh, I think they're they're right there, um, and it's a home game for New Mexico. So, uh, and they're first since 2007. So they they want to be there, and they want to be there. Uh, they want to be there in a strong way, and they want to make a statement saying, "Hey, we can compete with these guys." So, uh, you know, that's what you kind of look at with these uh, their key players, linebacker Dakota Cox. So this will be a this will be a linebacker battle. Yeah, I think the uh, important thing for Arizona is. The way Rich Rod was kind of being pursued and stuff, I'm wondering if if they let that become a tad bit of a distraction uh, down the stretch for them. But uh, they've got a common opponent, and that's Arizona State. And Arizona State smoked this Lobo team. So I think with getting Rich Rod back in the fold, Arizona is going to be uh, amped up to, to springboard to next year. I, I think the Wildcats take it personally. All right. Well, um, let's move on from there to the Irony Bowl. No, sorry. It's called the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl, and it is the Holy War in Sin City. Um, Our two LDS schools (laughs) travel to Las Vegas to square off at Sam Boyd Stadium. Um, We've got BYU versus Utah. Uh, Josh, is this not the most bizarre placing of this game that's ever been held? But I think the Utes fans might be a little upset because Utah's obviously the public university and thinks the BYU people are kind of the uppity religious school. Um, but yeah, this is a strange game, and uh, something just did not go right for Utah during their three and three stretch. Got to look at that defense giving up forty-two points to USC, giving up thirty-seven points to Arizona. Um, you know, UCLA, their offense decided not to show up, barely beat Cal – or, be, excuse me, barely beat Colorado. That's even worse than barely beating Cal. Uh, in their finale, just something something went wrong with Utah, and they get some time to figure it out. And BYU kind of in the same situation, um, they lost to Missouri late – um, they had a weird game against San Jose State. They killed Wagner, an FCS school that they scheduled, and then and kind of got back on track against Fresno and Utah State, dropping 52 and 51 in those two games, Utah State making a bowl game. Uh, the way Brigham Young kind of figured some things out their last two weeks, I know they've struggled in this series recently, but I'm going to go with the Cougars. All right. Uh, 
Well, first of all, um, the loser in this bowl game is the Las Vegas Strip. Um, it's going to be relatively empty on on December 17th, 18th, and 19th. Uh, not many people are going to partake probably in the – not many people that are fans of these teams are going to partake in the Las Vegas Strip and all of the fun things you can do on the Strip. Um, Josh, I found one of your stray goats. Um, oh, yeah? It's the Nebraska Cornhuskers um, <laughs> and giving up that uh, memorable Hail Mary at the hands of the BYU Cougars. Uh, <laughs> they uh, apparently, apparently nobody on the team has ever worked on batting the ball down. So um, wanted to throw that no, out. No, you're oh. supposed to intercept Hail Marys to add your own personal stats. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I just wanted to corral one of your goats just in case you're looking for it. <laughs> uh, let's see. You have uh, – you know, Taylor Mangrum for BYU, um, he threw for 3,000 yards in his debut season. He became first in BYU history and 13th player overall to reach 3,000 yards at the school. 21 touchdown passes, only seven interceptions. Um, you know, you got to look at – in these bowl games, you really just got to look at the motivation level of both teams. Why uh, – you know, especially with these early ones, obviously, you know, with the championship uh, – game and the playoff game stuff and, and some of the bigger bowls motivation is not really a key factor here. You can really look at matchups, but here it's not necessarily about the matchup. It's, it's all about the, do they really care about being here? Um, and I think the motivation level for these teams are extremely high because they're in-state rivals. I think that's the first, first layer of motivation. You never want to use to, you never want to lose to BYU or on the other side, you never want to lose to Utah. Um, you know, Mendenhall has announced that he was leaving for Virginia. He's going to coach the bowl game. They want to send him out the right way. Um, you know, they had a embarrassing performance a year ago. Uh, there was a post-game brawl, if you guys remember that. Um, that was the highlight of the of the bowl, not the actual game. So they're looking to kind of get back in the uh, good graces of the general public and the millions that are going to watch this bowl around the world. For the Utes, um, they're going to have to figure out a way. Uh, or they're going to have to figure out one more way uh, for this season to do without Devontae Booker. Um, and uh, he, you know, of course, he had a season-ending injury um, in the UCLA game. And it just kind of showed how much of a catalyst he was for the Utes offense. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously the, the high moment for Utah was when they blew out uh, Oregon 62 to 20. So you saw them at their very best there. Um, you saw them at their very worst when they lost 17 to nine to UCLA at home. Um, Booker. Um, it was a good game. If you're, if you're the professor, that was an ugly game. Yeah. But a win's a win, especially UCLA. And they were struggling at that moment. They needed that win. That kind of, I think that kind of got some confidence back for them. So what was, you know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you just gotta win ugly to get off the, to, to, to get out of a funk. Well, so, who are you picking? Who am I picking? Well, uh, in, in the Holy War, I'm going to go with the Utes and Kyle Whittingham. I think Ooh. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a very good game. I think Utah is going to come out highly motivated not to lose to BYU. I think Kyle Whittingham uh, is you know he was up for Pac Pac-12 Coach of the Year. So I mean you know that he's that for a reason. He'll figure out a way. Um, to make plays um, without Booker, um, and he'll figure out a way to get his mojo back, and I think he will do that in a big way. 
against BYU. Bronco Mendenhall is going to um, look to get his next win as the head coach of the, the University of Virginia Cavaliers. <laughs> All right. Who's? So I'm picking Utah. All right. Um, I'm also picking Utah because I think uh, a third of BYU's team uh, ends up out in Las Vegas somehow, and they uh, breach the code of conduct that BYU is famous for. So drink and some coffee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they might even have a Red Bull. Uh oh! I'm the only one who picked the Cougars. Awesome! All right. All right. Um, let's. Uh, we 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 gotta keep moving along here quick because we we're, we're running over time. We gotta wrap up soon, so I want to get through right. a couple quick. Um, uh, Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Anyone know where it is? Montgomery, Alabama. That is correct. It um, helps that I have my notes though. Yes, exactly. Well, uh, Josh, we got we got two of your conferences. Uh, Ohio from the yeah. Appalachian State from the Sun Belt. Appalachian State has had one heck of an offense this year. So, Ohio going to be able to stop them? Uh, well, it's kind of funny. They actually have the most random common opponent possible. They both played Idaho. Uh, Appalachian State beat them 47-20, and Ohio beat them 45-28. Oh, I think all that tells us is Idaho was not awful this year. Um no, the, the Bobcats played three, well, beat three bullbound teams inside the MAC. Appalachian State beat just two bullbound teams from conference or from the Sun Belt. The MAC is a little bit better of a of a conference um, that has me leaning towards Ohio by just a little bit, um, and I don't really know why, other than I just think the MAC is a better conference, but App State. They're, they're so good, it wouldn't surprise me if they blow out the Bobcats. But I'll take the fight in Frank Solich's because I'm an idiot. Uh, Coach, who are you taking? Well, I'm going to take uh, – very quickly, I'm going to say I'm going to take the Mountaineers. Um, I think this is their bold debut since making the leap from, F- from the FCS. They had to go through that probationary period when they joined the Sun Belt uh, where they couldn't get into a bowl, but they had to play an FBS schedule. So this is their first game. I think that the motivation level is high for them. They want to make a good showing. And, Josh, I just found one of your elderly goats. It's the Michigan Wolverines from 2006. Um, <laughs> lost to Appalachian State. This program is just used to winning. Um, they've been winning uh, in their entire existence in uh, FCS. They, they've, been a, uh, they've been a great program. Uh, and and they they do things right up in Boone, North Carolina. I'm a big believer in the Mountaineers. I like what they do. They're going to win this game over the fighting Frank Soliches. All right. Um, next uh, that we uh, is we've got the Auto Nation Cure Bowl between the five and seven San Jose State Spartans. Good Lord, how does a five and seven Woo! Mountain West team get a bowl versus a six and six Georgia State? In Orlando, so to speak. Yeah, and well, it's the it's in the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Um, at least you get Georgia State's offense, right, Coach? That's right. Um, you know they're led by quarterback Nick Arbuckle. Uh, he's one of seven quarterbacks in FPS to throw for more than four thousand yards this season. He led the Sun Belt with four four thousand one hundred sixty passing yards. Was second in the conference with twenty six touchdown passes. Um, you know, I think the uh, this will also be the first bowl game in program's history. This program was established, uh, I think, four years ago. Um, wow. And, this is, and uh, they haven't been around very long um, as a football program. So, um, you know, I think after a rocky start to the season, I think they've done a tremendous job at, at coming back. Um, they, uh, 
They had a home loss to Charlotte, and Charlotte was making their debut in FBS. Uh, they fell twenty. They fell behind twenty-three in the first half. Uh, Charlotte finished t- two and ten, which makes that loss even more embarrassing. Um, <laughs> you look at you look at San Jose State five and seven. You're thinking, what in the heck are they doing there? But they're gonna uh, obviously they're highly motivated to to travel all the way across the country to Orlando uh, to say, hey, we're five and seven, but that was a fluke. Gonna <laughs> work the Panthers. Um, I don't think that's enough. They have to fly across country. They're going to receive their bowl packages, their their watch, their bag, and uh, a couple of notepads with the logos on them. And uh, they're just going to go home with that and that only. And uh, the memories of of Nick Arbuckle uh, launching bombs over their head um, over and over and over again. I think Georgia State's going to roll in this game uh, in their first bowl outing. Yeah, I'm taking Georgia State also. It, it's funny. Um, San Jose State beat FCS New Hampshire, but Georgia State lost to FCS Liberty. It's kind of funny that a team with a better record that earned the bowl game duffed themselves in a uh, FCS matchup. But, yeah, the Panthers winners of four straight, including a very impressive one against Georgia Southern. Uh, in the finale, whereas San Jose State, uh, one and three in their final month of the year. I will take Georgia State in what is by far the worst bowl game. All right. Um, Well, let's go then finally to the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl featuring uh, Arkansas State and Louisiana Tech. Neither team has to travel very far to the Superdome. Um, So... Uh, you know, Josh, uh, Louisiana Tech is barely a favorite in this game. Uh, how do you see it playing out? Well, I think it's going to come down to Jeff Driscoll. He's been on fire all year for Louisiana Tech, and I think if they'd had a better season, he might have gotten uh, some Conference USA love by the coach. Um, you know, he has some great games under his belt. He's got some 300-yard performances, but – you see a common thread. It's not his yardage and it's not his touchdowns. It's his ball security. They lose to Southern Miss because of three interceptions. He has eight on the year, but a lot of them have been multi-interception games that have really impacted the Bulldogs' success. So it'll be interesting to see if good Jeff or bad Jeff shows up. Uh, as for Arkansas State, you know, they're, they're undefeated in the Sun Belt, but it's really hard to know how that stacks up because their three losses were by 30 to a good Toledo team, by seven to a very bad SEC Missouri team, and then were just drilled 55 to six by USC. So that, that's tough to figure out. Uh, Louisiana Tech a little bit better showing, gave Western Kentucky all they could handle, gave Kansas State all they could handle, and played all right against Mississippi State. So I I think it gets down to that big conference, little conference argument like I did with picking Ohio over App State. I'm going to go the same route. I'm going to take Louisiana Tech over Arkansas State. This game is going to come down, I think, talent-wise, I think they're fairly equal. I think this game is going to come down to just really who wants to be there. It's going to be uh, it's going to be 100% motivation in what used to be the absolute very first bowl game of the season. Um, this used to be this used to let me know 
that if I'm seeing a meaningless college football game in the Mercedes Benz Superdome, <laughs> it's it's time for it's time for the college football bowl games. Uh, and I know Christmas is approaching too. So, um, you know, and, and when I was growing up, it used to be uh, the Aloha Bowl on Christmas Eve uh, was was the one bowl game that started it all off. But um, that's since changed when they added uh, 247 bowls. But um, I think it's going to come down to who wants to be there more. Um, does Louisiana Tech, uh, how much do they really want to be there? After getting drubbed by Southern Miss, they're going to look to, uh, you know, hopefully, or you would think they would look to, to redeem themselves after that on uh, Jeff Driscoll. But you never know what you're going to get with Jeff Driscoll. You never knew at Florida. You still never know at Louisiana Tech. Um, Arkansas State, you know, you know, you, you think about them and the distractions they're going through as far as the coaching carousel. But, um, you know, then you look at their history and it's something that they're used to. So um, that's not really a factor, um, but they're going to be that small conference team that's got something to prove. I think um, that they're going to play well. I think it's going to be a good close game because of that. But I think Louisiana Tech is going to come out victorious because they uh, they play in a larger conference with a bigger budget and, they have some more they'll, – they'll have the slight edge talent-wise, and, and it'll show with the slight edge on the scoreboard. All right. Well, uh, any parting shots from either of you guys before we uh, wrap this one up? Well, I think we're missing the big one, Army-Navy, the only game this Saturday. Always fun to see. Uh, Army was a little frisky to start the year, only lost at Penn State by six. They've really fallen apart, you know, giving up points left and right, 38 to Rice, 34 to Tulane, 31 to Rutgers. Their their defense just can't cut it right now. Uh, and Navy has a chance to do something really special. They've only got one 10-win season in the regular season in school history, and that was back in the aughts. All their other 10-win seasons have come thanks to winning a bowl game. So this is a chance for history for Navy to get – a 10-win regular season before heading off to the Military Bowl to play Pittsburgh. This is always a fun game. Uh, my parting shot, uh, shout-out to the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl, uh, kicking off at noon on December 19th on ABC from the Georgia Dome. Alcorn State versus North Carolina A&T. It's a SWAC versus MEAC bowl game that's finally been televised. So um, I, think the, uh, I think that's going to win the award for best halftime show as well. So – um, be on the lookout for that bowl as well if you want to see some uh, HBCU action. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you very much for sticking with us through our awards special. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you find your way to the after party. And uh, we will be catching up with you guys again uh, sometime next week. So uh, on behalf of the coach, Corey Burton in Nashville, Tennessee, and on behalf of our blogger, Josh Cook in Chicago, I am the professor from Los Angeles saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Look for any loose goats. Thanks for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. To get in touch with the show, email us at illegalmotionpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at illegal underscore motion.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.